Hi, this is Great Hearts Table, a podcast for pastors and those who care for them, and I'm Randy Greenwald, your host. Uh, Great Hearts Table is also a newsletter to which you can subscribe at Substack if you would also like to get this content in written form. And subscribing also gets you hooked up to the third Monday updates. I'd love to have you sign up. The link is in the show notes. But either way, if you like what you find here, please take the time to rate it and leave a review where you receive your podcast. I'd appreciate it. And with this episode, we continue our nearly completed walk through the book, Stott on the Christian Life. And the topic here is, I admit, a dicey one, mercy. Well, thanks for joining us around Great Hearts Table. One of the more divisive questions facing pastors is whether and how to address issues such as poverty, racism, war, or other highly charged social issues. We may be inclined in the direction of engaging social concerns, but loud voices around us insist that shaping souls, not society, should be our primary call. Uh, the struggle's not new, of course. Carl Henry's 1947 book, The Uneasy Conscience of Modern Fundamentalism, insisted that evangelism, the shaping of souls, is not the only imperative driving the ministry of the church. What Henry identified, John Stott sought to clarify and amplify, according to Tim Chester in John Stott on the Christian Life. Stott, through his writing and his participation in global policy-setting convocations, advanced a vision of the church addressing both physical and spiritual brokenness. Chester notes that that posture was even then challenged. The demise of Christendom, he says, the decline of the church in the West, and the rise of pluralism mean Christians face a new political situation. Stott recognized this in 1972, and the situation has only intensified since. By what process should Christians seek to shape society? <laughs> intensified, it unfortunately has. Pastors taking a position on matters such as immigration or racial injustice or poverty or war in our highly polarized political moment can split churches. But the debate is far from academic. The first church I pastored was located a block away from US-41, a stretch of road attractive to transients. Occasionally, I would find someone sleeping in the sheltered and safe covered passageway between the sanctuary and the church offices. Wherever we land on the spectrum between shaping society and souls has to take into account those asleep in the passageway. Passing by on the other side, while we debate biblical and theological nuance, is not an option, I think, that is open to us. Stott argued that the Great Commission ought not to be used to justify a posture of simply preaching to those in the passageway. The church is to love these, our neighbors, by providing for their immediate needs and by addressing the cultural realities that led them there. Uh, yes, addressing spiritual needs is a part of the whole picture, but not necessarily the primary part. The persons in the passageway need more than spiritual care, and love is the motive to give it to them. These matters are made more difficult when we cannot see those sleeping in the passageway. Catherine Hayhoe, a climate scientist and an evangelical Christian, for example, 
makes a strong case that documented climate change is having a disproportionate impact upon the world's poor and marginalized. As temperatures rise, the most vulnerable among us suffer the most. Some will be forced to relocate and some will die. Though we can't see them, these too are those sleeping in our passageways. One can argue that these are those created in God's image for whom we have a neighborly responsibility. But to argue thus is to risk attack by a bitter evangelical subculture or for a pastor to lose membership. I have great respect for those passionate to see the gospel preached to all. That's clearly not to be diminished or neglected. But neither is the church's call to engage the physical and social brokenness of God's world. That's what it means to bring the kingdom near. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus' first public words were, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That we might now not be uncertain as to what it means for the kingdom to be at hand, Jesus showed us. Immediately he went throughout all Galilee, Matthew tells us, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Jesus brought the kingdom near by preaching and healing, what we might call evangelism and social action. To follow our king means we too bring the kingdom near to a broken world. We restore peace between persons and God by our preaching, and we restore peace between persons and their world by healing their afflictions. Both activities have independent integrity, neither is dependent upon the other. To bring food or to set the oppressed free is to do the work of Christ. To bring a call to repentance and eternal life is to do the work of Christ. Neither must possess the other to have validity. To neglect either, however, is to skew the church and her ministry. This is where I and I think Stott land, but my conscience remains uneasy. I claim the epistle of James as my ally in affirming that faith is lifeless without works of mercy. And when James argues that to preach to a man who is hungry is a fruitless task, I say, Amen. But James won't let me off the hook. He tells me to be a doer, not a mere hearer of the word, and there I falter. The challenge of Stott and others is that I must see, really see, the persons in the passageway and to see the societal brokenness that placed them there. And if our role as pastors is to lead the church to apply her gifts toward both proclaiming the gospel and healing every affliction, then that's what we must do. And what we must do is often what I don't do. And it's the job of the uneasy conscience to lead me out of that place. Great Hearts Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People, and Called Home. And thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness called home.